Elliot Smith and welcome back to Dietitian Cafe where we discuss the world of nutrition and dietetics. Before we dive into this episode, I just want to begin by thanking you all for tuning in each month to listen. Over 20 of you have actually kindly left us five-star ratings and reviews and we're so grateful for this because it's the best way of helping the Dietitian Cafe podcast to reach more dietitians. So if you do enjoy listening each month, please do let us know by hitting subscribe and um, even leaving a, a review or rating. So for this month's big dietetic debate, we're delighted to be joined by specialist fertility dietitian Ro Huntress and maternal dietitian and dietetic clinical lead at More Life UK, Pam Finley, to explore the role of nutrition and dietetics in both fetal and maternal health. We're going to delve into the latest research into nutrition for fertility, right through to the importance of dietetic input during pregnancy. And Pam's also going to introduce a fantastic new programme that she's been running at More Life across CCGs, which explores maternal weight management. So thank you, Ro and Pam, for joining us today. It's a real pleasure to have you here with me. Thanks very much for having us, Harriet. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So ladies, first of all, I think everyone's going to be interested to hear what your roles entail, because these are quite unusual areas that you're working in. So perhaps we can begin with um, Ro, you can tell us a bit more about what a specialist fertility dietitian involves. Sure. And it's something because I mean, historically, you know, I've been a dietitian qualified for 10 years now and my bread and butter in the NHS was uh, was diabetes and weight management. These are things that you learn at university. These are things that are part of a, you know, a band five, many band six roles. Um, but fertility isn't really one of those common areas that that people go into in terms of how the fertility aspect of my my business runs. And this is, you know, following a lot of study, a lot of research to enable myself to be in this position to provide evidence-based advice. Um, where it kind of started was a was an Instagram platform, um, and that's where I share lots of um, evidence-based tips to support people on their preconception fertility journeys. Um, I have a mailing list with a, a monthly newsletter of of different tips and advice. I have a virtual clinic where I help uh, men, women, couples um, on their on their journey to conception. I've also got um, an online course for those who are trying to conceive and have um, several kind of meal plans and products that are designed to, um, I suppose, like resolve or support a certain aspect of uh, of fertility nutrition. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what what I do at the moment in terms of the fertility space. And we should mention you do that alongside working in a, a dietetic role at Viva, is that right? That is correct, yes. Brilliant. And so, Pam, can you tell us a bit more about what your role as a dietitian at More Life involves, please? Yeah, well, mine is a little bit broader. I think it's not as focused, although sometimes I wish it was. But I think, yeah, from um, I've basically just joined More Life in May last year, and I've come in as a, um, the clinical lead for it, for the business, which is brilliant. But there hadn't been one a dietitian in for a long time, and it, the business has changed dramatically. So it's been really interesting because it crosses a lot of um, different uh, weight management um, uh, tiers. So we've got tier two, we've got tier one, we've got tier three as well. So I support all the different teams in their in the dietetic elements. Um, from the maternal side, we actually have um, a growing and very new program that I know we'll come on and talk about later on. But from a kind of maternal dietetic um 
experience from my side it it's kind of something that's grown through my career which um will I can suppose I can expand on a little bit later but for more life my dietetic input is more to do with overseeing the the evolution of the products and the programs that we're designing and you're a mum yourself so I'm just wondering um where your interest in supporting other women throughout pregnancy and after stems Mm -hmm. from so I think, yeah, there's a few different elements. I think at uni, I was really, really interested when we were studying obesity and learning about the links of um, maternal health and well-being and the impact that can have on the infant. So I think that's kind of where my interest stemmed from. And then obviously throughout my career, I've done a lot of weight management and in weight management standard clinics, you would come up um, to support uh, maternal clients. And I suppose from my point of view, I never really felt in those situations, I was very confident dealing with clients who are presenting in a very, I think, unique and kind of vulnerable position. And I didn't feel that I had the kind of background to support them, but the background, I don't think the information was there at that time because we probably talked about eight years ago or so. Um, So that's where my interest, because I knew they were a different type of client. Yes, they did fit into weight management, but the management of them was slightly more medical. And I don't know, maybe other people have felt the same too, but um, that's kind of where my interest stems from. And then obviously having two children and going through maternal services, it was been really, really insightful because I've never really been a patient before. So to be a patient um, and to get the understanding of what you were going through is a very, very unique opportunity to actually spot the gaps and where the improvements need to be made. Um, so yeah, that's obviously then fed into uh, my passion for designing something a little bit more appropriate for the ladies' needs. Yeah, and we look forward to hearing more about your your new program at More Life later in the show. Um, just going back to Ro quickly, Ro, how have you ended up working fertility? It's a relatively um, undiscussed topic in the world of dietetics. So why fertility? It is. And, you know, um, you know, full disclosure, I'm 34, no children, um, but I do hope, uh, you know, to have children, you know, in a few years. And one of the reasons why I think this is delayed for me personally is um, like my career and what I do, it is really important. And that's just kind of been the priority for me. And I haven't felt, you know, ready to have uh, ready to have children. Um, But when when the idea kind of sparked off or my interest really started to grow was probably, um, you know, when I was in my late 20s and I had several friends who were going through either IVF, fertility struggles, and they were coming to me uh, for for nutrition advice. And really, you know, all I could do at, at the time was provide them with what I knew to be, you know, general nutrition advice. However, I knew that I wasn't a specialist in that in that field and we're all very familiar working as a dietitian we we all we stay in our lane and um but I really wanted to be able to to support my friends because they were going on some really emotive and challenging journeys so that was actually the trigger for me because I knew there was research out there I knew there were things you could do I knew there were supplements that could help um but it was going to take work and research for me to have a really strong understanding of of that evidence base so that was where my my reading and my interest started Um, and there was a lot of work that went on behind the scenes before I then set up this uh this platform and where I am today now that you've done so much research into this area why do you feel that nutrition and the support of a dietitian is so important in fertility 
Well, just from looking, obviously looking at the studies, gosh, the amount of studies that I've um, that I've read over the past however many years is probably is probably uncountable. But it shows that making diet and lifestyle changes can improve somebody's chance of conception. It can improve egg quality. It can improve sperm parameters. It can improve implantation. It can reduce time to pregnancy. There's, it, it can it can reduce um, the risk of miscarriage. There's so many things that diet and lifestyle can play a part in. Um, and I feel really fortunate now to be able to, to share this information um, with people, you know, both on, you know, even my Instagram, my mailing list, but also clients that decide to work with me too. Definitely. And similar um, question to yourself, Pam. So what, what are the benefits of having a, a dietitian supporting women, not just in fertility, like Rose talked about, but also throughout pregnancy and after? What, what benefits do you think you bring to more life? I think as a dietitian, we're very, I don't know, well-trained, very well-exposed in a lot of different ways. So whether it's, um, you know, taking that 360 view on, you know, parents or couples, we're not just looking to zone in on nutrition, so to speak. We're actually looking at the whole life and making sure that the information we give is relevant, is appropriate, um, fits in with hopefully guidelines and trying to merge the whole situation so that clients are better supported and patients are better supported um, to make, a, I, I suppose, their journey as healthy and um I suppose, nutritionally optimal as we can do for, for that whole, um, as I said earlier, quite a vulnerable phase of their life. It's a very quick phase of life as well. So well, depending on the journey that they've had to get there, but from the pregnancy point of view, that nine month phase is a very, very, very brief point where we can do a huge amount when it comes to you know, addressing maybe historic behavior patterns and habits. So it's a great opportunity for the right people to be in supporting the clients in ways that we've never had um, the opportunity to do so before. Pam, can you tell us a bit more about the programs that you have on offer at More Life, particularly for, for pregnant women? Um, sure. Yes, we have two programs. So we have the Mums to Be program, which is for expecting parents. And we also have a four months program that is for um, uh, families um, who can access it up to a year after um, giving birth. Um, both programs were launched last year. Um, they were launched in uh, Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes, and they were really designed using a, a person centered approach. Um, we at More Life, we try to produce programs that are kind of based on um, evidence and are innovative and are maybe slightly unlike other things that are available in the UK. Um, our program has actually been designed by Grace Shipley, who is our, re, um, sorry, our PhD researcher um, at More Life, who is um, really the creator of all of this. So we have to give her um, a massive shout out for all her hard work. And also um, she's one of our weight management leads in the business. We had conducted a lot of focus groups in order to try and understand what it was that people wanted, um, clients and healthcare professionals as well. Um, on the back of that, we, we, well, what we're trying to do is we're trying to aim to provide a, a space where people felt supported and non-judged, um, a, a program that was really flexible and um, kind of person structured so that we could encourage them to attend because a lot of the issues with the programs that are currently in existence or had previously gone before was that attendance and retention was really 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 difficult because it was in um your standard format of having to attend 
um, appointments that may not suit the client or maybe just an additional appointment that goes above and beyond everything else that you have to do when you're going through a maternity pathway. We also want to promote um, postnatal uh, weight uh, reduction and to um, prevent excessive gestational weight gain. Additional to that, we wanted to make sure that um, we were reducing any sort of negative health impacts um, from excessive weight gain, so gestational diabetes or miscarriage or stillbirth. And also it was an opportunity to monitor um, and observe patients' physical and mental well-being as well. So what the programme offers is our one-to-one support for clients. We do sessions that last um, roughly 20 to 30 minutes in length. They're um, conducted either on the phone or online, whichever is more suitable for the client. And um, they're scheduled in a way that is flexible and works for the client and the practitioner as well. So we've seen this being really beneficial in terms of attendance and retention. They can be bi-weekly or weekly, whatever the client prefers. Um, the intervention itself focuses on promoting sustainable health behavior changes, um, but more important than that, we're trying to uh, make sure that we're addressing the individual kind of biopsychosocial factors and influences as well. Um, the course itself is semi-structured. We do have some different um, topics that we can cover, but we really like to be client-led on all of these. Um, but yeah, we initially trialed it in Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes, and on the success of that, we've actually rolled out now to two of our other contracts, um, big contracts in Suffolk and big contracts in um, Greater Manchester as well. So the reach is growing. Thank you for sharing that. It's great to hear how the, the programmes have evolved so rapidly over the last few years and to hear what benefits you're bringing to pregnant women going through what can be quite a stressful chapter of their lives, I'm sure. You've mentioned raised BMI and, and body weight. So why is, is that a concern during pregnancy? Um, so raised BMI, when we're looking at um, pregnancy and pregnancy outcomes, um, we know and the research does clearly demonstrate that there's a direct correlation between higher BMIs and um, negative health outcomes for both the, the mum and the infant as well. And as pregnancy progresses, um, excessive weight gains during that period um, can have not only an immediate, but also a future health implication for both mum and child as well. So um, some of these implications um, can be, you know, managed medically, but some of them can be extremely detrimental as well to um, the outcome of the pregnancy. So in terms of kind of medically, you can have your increased risk of um, gestational diabetes, increased risk of preeclampsia for the mum, but also for the child. And we can look at like preterm um, births. We have um, higher weight births as well, increased risk of cesarean um, deliveries and the need for assisted deliveries as well. And all of these have an increased risk associated with them as well. So the kind of risk is exponential depending on which um, area is, um, is focused on. So it can be quite impactful. And obviously then the, the ultimate kind of um, negative health outcome is the loss of the baby or the loss of the birth. And Ro, is that, is that similar during um you know, preconception is, is body weight an important factor in your consultations with patients? It is. It, it's one of the important factors. And whereas 
general uh, guidance around BMI suggests that kind of like, you know, 18.5 to 25 is the healthy BMI range. Where we see in the nice fertility guidance is for BMI to be between 19 and 30. And that is generally um, what the research suggests is the optimal um, place to be. Uh, there is some research that says, you know, to get down to 25 as well could be advantageous, but those are where the main markers are. And the main association with this is ovulation. So when people are at a, uh, at a low BMI, it can stop them from, from ovulating. And obviously without ovulation, we, we cannot conceive. And similarly, at, um, at higher BMIs, we can also have, um, have problems with uh, ovulation as a result of um, kind of changes in hormone levels that can be affected by, um, by people being overweight. So it's, it certainly plays an important factor. And we do find um, that those with a higher BMI do have a longer time to pregnancy, even if ovulation isn't an issue. So that is why that advice is as it is. However, um, weight isn't, you know, somebody can still conceive at a BMI of 40 and a BMI of 45. So when it comes to fertility, weight isn't the be all and end all. And actually some research has suggested when ovulation is taken aside, it's actually the nutritional profile of somebody's diet that is more important in terms of, um, uh, in terms of leading to conception than, than what weight would be. So it's quite, it's quite a complex conversation. Um, and the goals that you set with patients are really quite individual, but certainly weight is one of those conversations that you have. Yeah. And I'm going to come back to that in a second, but, but just before I do, I, I want to ask Pam, um, is body weight something that you monitor during the more life program? It's not, no. Um, what we try to do is focus on the quality of somebody's health, the general well-being, their um, mental, physical, um, you know, state at the time, how we can best support them in the areas that they want to be supported in. Um, clients generally don't want to necessarily be discussing weight, be continually monitored. Um, there's no real benefits to that as such. What we try to do is to give them a platform to feel support in every way that we can do during the program initially. And then afterwards, that's where we can start focusing on weight in the, post in the postpartum phase. And this is a question to both of you. Do you think that the, the role of nutrition and dietetics is getting enough recognition within fertility and pregnancy? Ro, you mentioned there are some nice guidelines on fertility, um, but you know, up until now, there hasn't been much of a conversation, in my opinion, going on about this area. So what do you think needs to be done, Ro? And in those guidelines, you know, the only part of the guidance that is relevant to us as dietitians, well, I mean, the whole thing's relevant, obviously, but but specifically relevant to us is, is BMI. It doesn't really say much about um the, the the quality of the diet and the things that we need to be that we need to be looking at. So I definitely feel that guidelines are missing uh, nutrition and lifestyle guidance because I think it could really help clinicians and therefore it's going to help it's going to help people and normally you know with with any other well, well with the majority of clinical conditions that dietitians support there's normally a guide somewhere um you know there's there's 
guidance for diabetes, there's guidance for weight management, there's guidance for IBS, for IBD, for all these things. But, you know, I started working in this field and I was like, where, where is the guidance on fertility? So um, we, um, I'm one of the founding members of the BDA specialist group for maternal and fertility nutrition. And we identified this as a group that there wasn't enough guidance to even support the clinicians to be able to support their patients in female fertility, in male fertility. Um, so we created some fact sheets, if you like, to help healthcare professionals to do this. Um, so they're available to members of that specialist group. Um, and we feel that it's a really positive step in the right direction in terms of where we want to be. And hopefully in time, we will see these, um, you know, then, then be generated into more national and kind of like publicly available uh, guidelines. But we, yeah, we certainly feel that it's a step in the positive direction. Yeah, and um, brilliant to hear about the new, uh, B, well, it's not so new anymore, the BDA Fertility and um, Maternal Health Group. Perhaps we can link to that in the show notes for anyone mm. that might be interested in joining it. Pam, do you think that there's sufficient recognition of the role of a dietitian in weight management during pregnancy? I think it's getting better, or it's certainly um, talked about a little bit more, but I don't think it's fully appreciated, the need that exists. Um, I think it's unfortunate that people only get referred to dietitians at such a late point, um, you know, or you have to reach certain criteria. I think every expecting parent should have the availability of, you know, discussing their diet at any stage, and um, whether it's preconception right through, um, you know, end to end, because it's so important. And I think the skills and the values that dietitians bring to this field, you know, would only complement all the other healthcare professions that are involved in maternity care. So I think a lot more can still be done. And um, there's a lot of room for improvement. And I think having the um, specialist group is going to be a really, really important factor to um, highlight the need that's there. Yeah, absolutely. Ro, just going back to what you said about the importance of diet in preconception, what sorts of nutrients and what conversations are you having with clients typically about their diet in terms of fertility? Yeah, so this is really individualized. Um, there's, you know, in terms of uh, supplements, for example, there are some that all people on their preconception journey should be taking. So um, at, at 400 micrograms of, um, of folic acid, for example, um, vitamin D. I do actually also recommend that um, my clients take a, a prenatal supplement, a prenatal vitamin. Um, the, it, obviously, we want to we want to work on kind of like a food first approach, and we want to ensure that the you know the diet is is, is as nutritionally complete as it can be. But there is evidence to show that taking these uh, taking these supplements can help. So I do include that. In terms of kind of like a general overview, in terms of the quality of diet, the general dietary pattern that we tend to go for is a Mediterranean dietary approach. Um, you know, it has a slightly lower carbohydrate intake than what the Western diet would, obviously lower in sugar, lower in red meat, saturated fats, oily fish, nuts, seeds, fruit, veg, and um, the Mediterranean diet has been shown to improve marks of female fertility, 
um, male fertility, so like sperm parameters and also IVF outcomes. So really the foundation of the diet or the foundation of the advice is around that. It's looking at supplements that everybody needs to take, supplements that can be tailored to that specific individual. Also looking at uh, medical conditions, so things like PCOS, for example, um, diabetes, um, and that's where a dietitian maybe has additional skills um, or experience over nutritionists. So we can bring in those medical conditions as well. Obviously, looking at weight, looking at lifestyle. So, you know, the, the principles in general are, are the same kind of across the board, but the are each plan is tailored to each individual based upon their needs and their their history and their and their their past medical history too. Yeah, and it sounds um, from what you said and what Pam said, both of you have a very sort of holistic approach and this biopsychosocial approach, which is so important for patients and to care. Um, can you share any you know exciting outcomes that you've had since you've been running your fertility clinic, whether that's with you know specific patient groups that you've worked with? Um, I'm sure lots of people listening will be really keen to hear, you know, how you've helped your clients on their journey. Yeah. And, you know, one of the biggest surprises to me, because even though I I knew of the statistics, when you actually hear so many people talk about it, you realise actually um, how many people do go through this. And, you know, one of those things is miscarriage. So in terms of the the course that I do, the fertility food formula, um, because I, you know, I speak to the people who are who are on it. Um, you know, they tell me about their their history, and so many, um, so many of those people have suffered a miscarriage and recurrent miscarriage. And similarly, I see it in my clinics as well. So it's, you know, what it is just such a good feeling to help to support somebody to carry their their pregnancy, you know, to full term. And because uh, it's such a difficult, difficult thing for these people to go through, and especially when it happens recurrently. And there are things that we can do to, to diet and lifestyle to be able to support. So it's just it is just so, so rewarding to, to be a part of that journey. And, um, yeah, there's there's different kind of um, people that, that you deal with, um, you know, obviously, as we get older, conceiving becomes more difficult. And I help, uh, you know, women and couples in their 40s um, and helping those guys to, to conceive, you know, that's just so rewarding. Supporting people through, you know, through through an IVF journey and also just things like supporting same-sex couples. So, you know, every client and every person has their own story. Um, but yeah, the, the results at the end and just kind of being a part of that is really phenomenal. And I think, you know, that the key word here from a from a healthcare professional's point of view is is rewarding because, you know, the, the results that people get, they really are life changing. Definitely. And it's it must be very um, satisfying to be able to follow them on, on that journey from preconception right through to pregnancy, like you said, Pam. Do you have any um, outcomes that you can share from the More Life programme? Um, any you know, case studies or figures that you're perhaps happy to share with us? Yeah, so with our programme, because it is slightly different, as we talked about earlier, we don't actually monitor weight and things that we would normally use as outcomes. So we do some wellbeing um, surveys pre and post, and they come out really, really um, high, which is fantastic because going through I think, as we kind of said, quite an emotional journey of pregnancy can have a massive impact. So to see that we're having a positive impact on somebody's health and well-being is very, very um, reassuring. Another great um, outcome that we have noticed is 
uh, we actually did a, a small um, impact analysis uh, study recently, and that has come back that from the, the client's point of view, their most happiest areas was the flexibility of the program. And anybody that's gone through a kind of um, maternity pathway will understand how vital that is. So our um, program was designed before COVID had come into play. So it was always going to be a digital offer. So I think the flexibility of being able just to attend whenever it worked for them has had a massive impact not only on retention, but actually um, how effective the program has been as well. So the program that we currently have in um, Bedfordshire, we had, there was a previous program that did exist. And within, we've only been running it a year, but I think within six months, we had doubled the retention rate than the previous program had had. And that's just literally from doing focus groups and making sure that what we were providing and designing was going to be applicable to the people that were going to be using it. So it's been incredibly valuable from that point of view. Just going back to the programme that you mentioned in Bedfordshire, mm -hmm. I think um, some of our listeners will be really curious to hear what role of what the role of nutrition and dietetic support is in that programme. So are you able to share, um, for example, do they have, um, you know, cooking sessions? Do they get um, talks on nutrition? How does it work from the diet side of things? So from the diet side of things, when somebody comes in and they refer, they actually get to speak to a practitioner, the, protect, the practitioner they're potentially going to have. So they have to opt in. They have to want to be there. If they're happy to come along, we have an introductory session where they tell us what they want to focus on. We do have nutrition elements within the program. So we have kind of modules that they can choose from. So the, one of the first modules would be um, balanced diet. One of the other ones might be um, myth busting. Uh, you know, eating kind of safety and um, safety during pregnancy. There's a few different topics that we look at, but we also look at mental and emotional well-being, physical activity, and we have a few other options that we um, we highlight there. And within those, it is very much the information that you know, public health information. There's nothing outstandingly different. What we do have is we have about seventy percent of our clients. Um, actually have gestational diabetes as well so that's kind of a big support area that we focus on as well so I'll do although we have the kind of modules and there's a sort of semi-structure in place we can veer off and discuss different things depending on what the client stroke patient needs. Brilliant thanks for sharing that and um, discussing things like body weight can be quite an emotive topic so I'm curious to hear both of your perspectives, how do you um, use appropriate language to support patients perhaps with a higher BMI? Um, Pam, let's go with you first and then we'll go to Roe. So yeah, I think again, if you just come back to basics and you work on a kind of person first basis, it's always very beneficial. Um, clients, especially at higher BMI ranges, are not unused to being um, spoken to or spoken about and referred to um, in ways that aren't, isn't necessarily um, positive. What I would recommend for healthcare professionals is to look at the language matters um, guidelines that were released last year. And these were by um, Obesity UK and Sarah LeBrock was um, very prominent in, um, you know, designing these guidelines because it's absolutely crucial that we are trying to help clients that we're trying to really speak to them in a language that is appropriate. And we address and really consider the way we speak to people and um, working with them and letting them guide us as much as uh, we're used to guiding them. 
Rose, do you have any thoughts on that topic? Yeah, I think, you know, wording is is really important. And I think that it actually, it spans further than talking about, say, obesity, because, you know, we're just, you know, that, that word in itself, it's a word that doesn't sit well with many, many people. Um, so it's, it's choosing appropriate phrasing um, to discuss to discuss with that patient. But I think it spans further than that because even the term infertility, it, you know, it, it, it doesn't sound nice. And I don't think people interpret or people understand its true definition because infertility is not being able to conceive after regular intercourse for 12 months, but it appears as if I'm never going to be able to get pregnant. So even if these terms are used, it's about explaining them. Um, but one of my non-favourites is um, uh, yeah, geriatric mothers. So that's, uh, you know, women above the age of 35. Thanks. Well, it's being phased out, but it is still used. And, you know, because I'm thinking, you know, in a year's time when I'm 35, you know, so by the time I do, if I do have kids, I will be a geriatric mother. And I just really don't like the sound of it. And I'm sure other people don't. Um, but even other terms, uh, just, you know, words in terms of like, termination and other things like that we've we've just got to be really careful but I think dietitians on the whole are very very good uh, and very mindful of the language that we use and how we use it I think it's perhaps others within the healthcare infrastructure um, that perhaps need to pay a little bit more attention yeah very very nicely put Ray <laughs> Um, I, I do want to ask you another question off the back of that. So um, obviously fertility is a, a very emotive topic for a lot of your clients, I imagine. So how do you go about managing their expectations? Because presumably, you know, most of these clients are hoping that the end result is going to be a, a successful full term pregnancy. Yeah. So how do you how do you manage those expectations? Yeah. And you know what? I think because most people that come to me, I think they're. I think they're they're aware they're aware of the the realities that you know not everything is going to guarantee success and so you know if you are to you know market your services for example you cannot guarantee pregnancy you can uh, you can you can say that you know the changes that that we're going to make I'm going to encourage you to make can increase your chances of conception but you have to be real and you have to be real with, um, you know, because nutrition is only one part of the puzzle as is lifestyle. There's so many other factors that we are unable to control. So certain health conditions, um, age as well. These are factors that we can't control. So it's just, it's just being very real. It's just being very transparent, but it is finding that balance as well, because we want to inspire them. We want to inspire our patients. We want to empower them. We want to motivate them. Um, so it's, 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 just find, it's just finding that balance. Um, and I, you know, patients are, are generally really quite, quite happy with that, that balance that's been found. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And, um, you know, as we're coming to the end of the episode, bro, it'd be great to hear what, uh, what do you enjoy most about working with fertility patients? Oh, it's you know what it's just a lovely community to be a part of because um, since when you're kind of like in that community online, you really feel like you're a part of it. 
So, so I enjoy that. And I, I just, I love being there to, to support people. Um, obviously, you know, the, the, the cherry on the cake is when you get that message or when you get that email, um, you know, for example, just even over, over the weekend, cause I have, um, different kind of like plans and guides. I've got one for PCOS with a little meal plan in there. And I had a message from somebody to say, I've just fallen pregnant after three years of trying from following your plan. And it's just, you know, I was, I was just out and about at that time. I got that message and I'm like, Oh, you know, it's great. So, so yeah, I love it. Yeah. I mean, you're having such a huge impact on these people's lives that that must give you a huge amount of job satisfaction. And, and what I like as well is, you know, it's not just people who have to book an appointment or, you know, buy a plan, buy a guide. You know, people have told me that literally, you know, just from following information that's that's been on my Instagram, they've fallen pregnant. So I'm really glad that, you know, I'm able, even if people aren't able to say, you know, uh, or don't want to, you know, pay for a consultation, that information is there and it's, and it's helping people in the public domain. So I'm really happy that I'm able to offer that. And I think that's a great thing about, I know there's, there's negatives of social media, but I think that that's one real positive that there's so much great information out there at our fingertips. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Pam, what what do you find most rewarding about being involved with the programmes for pregnant women at More Life? I think it's given a voice to um, to clients who haven't necessarily felt supported. I think it's having been able to provide a space where they are supported the way they need to be, and not being so directive and, and prescriptive in what we do, and allowing them to have that choice. I think it you know it's going to be beneficial from that point of view. So I think you get a lot from being able to impart that empowerment onto clients. It's a very um, a very liberating way to feel and I think as well the kind of um, subsequent positive impact you might have because if you can have somebody change their you know behaviors ever so slightly during this phase of their life actually the benefits to the child the ongoing life they're going to have so it's a kind of a ripple effect not only are you having this positive impact immediately just now for this client it's actually could be transcending that in extreme ways that we haven't captured yet. Yeah, so a multi-generational effect, which is phenomenal, definitely. So just as we come to the end, ladies, um, can you offer up any advice to other dietitians that might be interested in working in fertility and, and pregnancy nutrition? Um, Ro, any advice to fellow RDs? Yeah, so I would, as I mentioned before, we have our BDO specialist group, the Maternal and Fertility Nutrition Group. Um, so we do, you know, we have our annual study days, we have webinars as well. So I think it's a really great way to learn um, and also to connect with, with others in the field. And I have so many dietitians that come to me and ask for advice on how do I skill up. Um, so myself and a couple of colleagues who are both actually committee members for the, for the specialist group, we are currently working on a course, um, fertility nutrition course for healthcare professionals, and it's going to be um, open to both dietitians and nutritionists as well, because, you know, we we just want to promote evidence based practice. And we would you know, we would much rather it doesn't need to necessarily be exclusive to dietitians. We would much rather, you know, that that evidence is is trustworthy and reliable and evidence based across the board. So we're really looking forward to that. And. Um, I, I can see a change. I can see a change already in 
in, in interest and so many people wanting to work in women's health and in particular, you know, this being one of the one of the areas um, that people do seem to be really interested. So I'm yeah, I feel very grateful to to be hopefully playing a part in it. Definitely. And we can um, include links to the, the specialist group in the show notes for anyone that might be interested in finding out more. And Pam, are there any opportunities um, for, for dietitians to get involved with more life? Or do you have any um, tips to share for dietitians wanting to get involved in this area, perhaps? Uh, I think the area is growing and I think it's quite a unique position to be in to actually work or have any sort of input at this point. Um, I think generally, you know, NHS provision is quite limited when it comes to it. It's generally integrated into some other form of management. So in a specialist way, um, I'm very, very lucky to work in this area. However, I don't think that that should be the case. I really think we need to be looking at opportunities to make sure that the work that um, Roe and the team are doing to really highlight the need for specialist dietetic services to support this um, cohort of clients is, um, you know, I, I don't think it, it, it can be expressed enough how much there is a need just because it's very um, kind of, you know, grassroots level at the minute doesn't mean that the need isn't there. There is a massive, massive, massive cohort of clients that we could be supporting now. Um, you know, we're looking at, you know, people with obesity and funding being available there. Um, we're looking at, you know, different ways of supporting clients, maybe the funding that's available for um maternal mental health services just being released, but we're not connecting the dots and actually saying, um, let's work together in this way and let's build it together. So I think for people that are interested in this field, look for the opportunities that may be there. And I think most of them will kind of populate from the speciality group I really really do um, because it's really our only sort of um, voice and pathway at the minute but um, you know it's not to say that's not shadowing opportunities it's not to say that you know with our program people can't come along and um, get involved or at least see or feel what it's like to support clients in the way that we do it is a very unique offering that we have and um, yeah they, they could definitely possibilities of getting some experience and I think you mentioned when we were chatting before that there's there's only a handful of dietitians working the NHS supporting pregnant women is that is that right yeah yeah, mm. yeah. so there's specifically but it'd be, most of it's kind of you know catered either through um weight management services mm. Mm. and that's not really the best place for these clients in my opinion well, I think watch your space over the next few years. It sounds like you're both doing incredible work in your areas. Is there anything else that either of you would like to add? Where can listeners find out more information about what you do, Pam? So um, just going on to the More Life UK website. Um, in there, you'll find links to, especially if you go on to um, Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes area, um, you'll see the programmes and the information that we have there. Obviously, if people want to come direct, I'm always more than happy to speak to them. Um, we've also just had one of our, well, our program, actually, um, we've had a publication on the NICE website as well as um, an example of good practice. So that's available there, too. And maybe we could put a link in the, in the show notes as well um, to that. That would be fabulous. But yeah, um, anything more like UK, you'll find us everywhere. And um, yeah, just just send a message. Brilliant. Thank you. Ray, where can we find you? I know you're a social media guru. So what are your <laughs> social media handles then? 
I'm not sure we'll go that far, but um, yeah, I have um, a more kind of generic page. Um, just, I, I guess it kind of uh, shows the work that I do as a dietitian in general, because fertility is just one part of what I do. So my uh, my main Instagram page is at dietitian row. And then my fertility page is at fertility.dietitian.uk. So yeah, do come and say hello, hang out with me. Um, and yeah, drop me a message if you're interested in this stuff or you've got any questions, I'd be more than happy to answer. Great. Well, thank you so much for, for taking the time out of your, your week to discuss what I think is a really interesting and evolving area. And um, we'll put Ro and Pam's contact details in the show notes. So if you do have any questions, you can get in touch with them. Um, but all that remains to be said is thank you both of you for your time. And to our listeners, our next episode of Dietitian Cafe will be coming very soon. 